night. If you would grab your Bibles, John chapter 14. John chapter 14. I go to 835, I hope you don't stone me with stones, all right? Um, John chapter 14. Get to John chapter 14, verse number 27. We'll read that and then we'll, uh, we'll jump right in pretty quick uh, just for the sake of time tonight. Verse 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Uh, the Lord's statement to the disciples here in this spot is, Peace I leave with you, and my peace I give unto you. Uh, this is something ultimately everybody looks for. Uh, everybody looks for peace. Uh, it's a state of quiet or tranquility, freedom from disturbance or agitation, Applicable to society, to individuals, or to the temper of the mind. Everybody wants peace. They want external peace. I mean, uh, right, you get to the, uh, the beauty pageant and everybody just wants world peace, right? You get, to the, you get to the spot where, you know, you're in your own life. What do you want? I just want some peace and quiet. You're having a rough day. You know what you want? I just need some peace. Uh, it's been a rough week. Uh, I could just use some peace. Uh, you say, we preaching on, I'm preaching on peace tonight. I, I told Brother Bacon before the service, I said, I'm preaching for me tonight, and if anybody else gets it, you feel free to have some fun with me. But as far as I'm concerned, uh, we live in a world that is insane. We have a life that is crazy. Uh, where our society is go, 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 and you don't get any peace that way. Uh, there is no, there's no stopping, there's no doing this, there's no doing that. There's, it's oftentimes we are going and going and going and we don't have any peace while we're there. The world would love to have it. But Jesus Christ's statement here is, uh, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. The world has their idea of peace, and it is nothing like what God wants to give you is peace. Uh, they have their concept of what is fun. They have their concept of what is pleasurable. They have their concept of what they want and what they need and how they feel. But that is not the concept nor the reality of what God wants you to have and what he is willing to give. And his peace is far better and far more exceeding and ultimately eternal Versus what the world could ever do or what you will achieve on your own merits. And so tonight I'm just going to preach on having peace. And let's have a quick word of prayer and we'll just, we'll go right in. Lord, I do thank you for the night and we thank you for your goodness. And Father, we thank you for a time to come together and order up our requests and make our requests known unto God. And Father, I do pray you would help us to cast all our cares upon you tonight. We pray you would just bless our time together. I pray you'd bless me as I preach. Lord, give me wisdom and help me to include everything I ought to include and leave out everything I ought to leave out tonight. That, Lord, you'd help me to be good with my timing, but also, Father, be good to what you want me to say and the time it takes to say it. 
And Lord, once again, we do pray you would get the praise, the honor, and the glory this night. I pray each of us would leave not just with the peace of God, but peace from God tonight. Lord, we pray you'd come back soon to take us home in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Turn over to Romans chapter 5, if you would. Romans chapter 5, and this is where everything starts, of course, is Romans chapter 5. This is where everything starts in the idea of peace. Uh, and this is the reason that Jesus Christ makes the statement, My peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth. Uh, the world can't grant you the peace that Jesus Christ can offer because of Romans chapter 5. You find out what that is. Uh, it's peace with God. Uh, the world doesn't have peace with God and they can't achieve that of their own merits. And neither can you. He says in verse number 1, Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We gain peace with God through Jesus Christ and being justified by Him. Uh, well, what does that even mean? Well, look later, uh, verse number 8 here in this chapter, he says, But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if we, when we were enemies, were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Uh, he, we understand that uh, Jesus Christ has justified us by his blood. He has made it so that you and I, our sins are forgiven. We are now declared righteous in the eyes of God because Jesus Christ died for our sins. We accepted that payment that Jesus Christ made for our sins. We chose to trust Him as our Savior and that gave us what is eternal peace with God. You'll see it here. Look over. We're going to run the references. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. This is a very... This is a very important piece of the doctrine that we include in salvation is the fact that you and I are now at peace with God. The contrast is without Jesus Christ, right? Uh, John chapter 3, he ends the chapter, although you have for God so loved the world, he ends it with that without Jesus Christ, he says that the wrath of God abideth on him forever. If you don't have Jesus Christ as your Savior, even though God loved you and he wanted to save you, you chose not to trust Christ you're still under his wrath. Without Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're already condemned. You're already under the wrath of God, awaiting the judgment of God. And God wants to reconcile you and give you peace. Notice what he says in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 11. He says, Wherefore remember that ye, being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called on circumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who are sometimes were afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. He brought us close. How? By the blood of Christ. Why? Verse 14, for he is our peace who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances. For to make himself of twain one new man, so making peace, that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. God goes ahead and he goes ahead and he makes sure that you and I are brought back together in peace with God and 
reconciled to him in a relationship that we actually could have. The world can't accomplish that. A lost man doesn't have that. Without Jesus Christ, you cannot be justified. You cannot be reconciled. You cannot be brought nigh. Without the cross of Christ, you don't get any of those things, and so then you never get peace. You can try to get peace in all sorts of ways. They drown it with alcohol. They drown it with drugs. They drown it with this. They drown it with whatever else they can. They go and get a diagnosis and they get pills to go ahead and take care of it. And all they're doing is trying to kill the pain of not having peace with the Creator. And it hasn't worked. Look over at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I don't think I'll run these many references for the next ones. But 2 Corinthians chapter 5, this is so foundational to what you and I got at salvation. And I don't want it to be missed that you and I have this no matter what. After we've trusted Christ as our Savior, this is what we've gained. We've gained reconciliation. Notice what he says in verse 18. And all things are of God, 2 Corinthians 5, 18. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and have given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. What was he doing? Not imputing their trespasses unto them. And hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. The reconciliation God wants to give brings eternal peace. It's eternal peace. He changes you from the sinful person you were and gives you the righteousness of God because you got in Jesus Christ as the Savior. He reconciled two opposing enemies, brought them into peace under the table of the fact that in Isaiah chapter 1, Come, let us reason together, saith the Lord, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. And though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. He brings them to the peace table and God says, I can reconcile. If we can get this figured out, you know what I'll do? I'll have my son die for all of your sins. And even though you're my enemy, I'll pay the debt of all of your sins so that you can have them all forgiven so that you and I can be back in fellowship again. And you got peace with God for all of eternity. God is not against you if you're a Christian. He is not against you in any moment of your life. You look around at people and they go, well, Jesus Christ, is, you know, he just doesn't love me. He doesn't care. He saved me, but he takes all of my stuff and he makes my life miserable. He wants to take my life from me and all these things. You know what that is? That is foolishness. The Bible makes very plain, John chapter 10, the thief cometh not before to steal and to kill and to destroy. That's the devil. Destroy the peace and the life that you have. And Jesus Christ's reply is, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. His goal is to give you abundant life, to give you peace with God, to give you a relationship with God that the world could never achieve and you can't get on your own. And the devil is constantly trying to steal the idea that God could do that for you. And he tries to remove it all. And the truth is, Jesus Christ came to give you life and to give it more abundantly and to make sure that you had peace with God. But once you get peace with God, He also gives you two other opportunities. And the last two I'm going to try to consolidate real quick. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians 
Colossians chapter 3. By the way, if you don't have peace with God, you won't have the other two. These next two, you won't have if you don't have peace with God. If you and God are still at odds and you're at enmity and you and, you and him are still, if he's not your savior, you don't get peace in any respect the rest of the way either. In Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 12, Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another, even uh, if any man have any quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. That whole section right there is all about peace with other people. How do you have peace with someone else? Only if you have peace with God can you have peace with others. His statement about it is forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Uh, he's, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye here. Uh, it's, it's the answer of if you have been forgiven, you can forgive. And you can live in peace. Peace with other people is difficult to have. say why because people aren't good like God is if everybody behaved themselves as good as God does you wouldn't need a savior and you wouldn't need forgiveness but we're not how do you have mercy kindness humility meekness long-suffering forbearing forgiving and charity how do you have those things if the peace of God doesn't rule there's a rule. There's something in charge. There's a ruler. You say, what's the rule? The peace of God has to rule. That's what he said. Verse 15, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. If you don't have the peace of God ruling in your hearts, you will not have peace with anybody else. I've said this I don't know how many times in the last few weeks. I don't know how many times I've said it. I've dealt with enough people in the last few weeks, day in and day out, and my answer to them has been, if your relationship with the Lord is right, your relationship with other people is right. If your relationship with the Lord is not right, your relationship with everybody else will not be right. That is absolute in the Scriptures. That is absolute in life, in practice, in truth, in reality. If your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ is good, your relationship with everybody else will be good. Our problem is we don't let the peace of God rule in our hearts. We let something get in the way between our peace between us and God, which I'll get to in just a moment. And instead we let it get in and it infects our re reputation and our work with others. If you have the right relationship with God, you know what you'll be? You'll be all the things in the list. He says in verse number 12, Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved. 
These are things you choose to put on. They are things you choose to adorn yourself with. Then it's a choice whether you'll do these things or you wouldn't. Then it's a choice as to whether you'll be merciful. It's a choice of whether you'll be gracious. It's a choice of whether you'll be meek and humble. It's a choice of whether you'll have peace or not. Well, somebody stole my peace. No, you gave it away. Nobody stole your peace. You let them have it. So how do you know that? Because your peace is supposed to be with God. Can anybody steal your salvation? Then why do you think they should be able to steal your peace? Your peace isn't conditional on them. Your peace is conditional on your relationship with God. Philippians chapter 4. Say, who are you preaching this for? Me. And I don't like it just as much as you don't like it. I had that same thought. People stealing my peace. I'm troubled. All these people, right? Lord's like, it's not conditional on them. You, think about this just for a moment. Does Jesus need the sea to be calm to walk on it? Not at all. His peace isn't conditional on whether the waves are still or not still. He walks on water either way. The storm, as far as he's concerned, is calm, even when it's raging for everyone else. Philippians 4, verse number 6. Been here a lot this week. Be careful for nothing. Quit worrying about it. Well, how do I not worry about it? But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. How is it that Jesus can walk on water in the midst of a storm and not be concerned at all? Because he's careful for nothing. What's the problem with the guys in the boat? Oh, ye of little faith. That's the problem with the guys in the boat. <laughs> they didn't believe that he is willing to give them peace. He's got peace. How do I get peace? Prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. That brings inner peace. How many times do our mind and our hearts get away from us and are in turmoil, and are enraging, and God says, I want to give you peace. And we don't let him have it because we don't come to him in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving and request for some peace. Isn't that what his promise is? Promise is the peace of God which passeth all understanding. How can I have peace in the middle of a storm? I don't understand. Passeth all understanding. How can you remain calm in all this? How is it that you don't get completely rocked from that? Because the peace of God passeth all understanding. Why aren't you an emotional train wreck? 
Because the peace of God passeth all understanding. I took it to him, and God can take care of anything. So it brings inner peace. Not only does he bring inner peace, notice this, verse number 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. You pray so that you can have inner peace, and then you think on the right things so you can keep your mind at peace. That's what it's there for. That list is there because he granted you peace in verse 6 and 7. Now he wants you to keep it. What happens to us? We start thinking about the outcomes. We start thinking about the problems. We get into the what ifs. And the Lord says, stop thinking about those. Think on these things. Abraham is the father of faith. I believe he is the father of faith, not just for a few things, but mainly in the, uh, in the book of Hebrews, you find out that every situation Abraham got himself into was the answer was, God has to be right. How is God right? I got to kill my own son, but he's the child of promise. Well, then God has to raise him from the dead. Uh, God promised me a city and a country. And it's not going to happen before I die here on this earth, so it must be a heavenly country. God, I can't figure out how you're going to do that here, so I'm going to figure out how you'll do it somewhere else because I know you're going to do what you said you'd do. Okay, well, God, I don't know how this is going to work out, but I'm going to give you glory instead of worrying about all the problems. Think on these things. Then he tells you in verse number 9, those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. And the God of peace shall be with you. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care for me hath flourished again, wherein ye were also also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound everywhere. And in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need." Now he says, change what you do to keep your peace outward. You have inward peace. He gave you the mind and the heart, right? He gave you the inward peace. He told you how to keep that inward peace. Keep your mind, right? Think on these things. Then he says, okay, now do some things. Why am I doing those things? To take your mind off all the cares and the troubles. Go ahead and find somebody to be good to. Put on these things that we just talked about back in Colossians chapter 3. Go do those things. Why? Because if you do those things, the God of peace will be with you. And you won't have to worry about all the other things you're not doing. You don't have to worry. It is putting on and doing the right things so that you can keep your peace outwardly. And in the end, it'll give you the change of attitude in verse 13. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. That is the peaceful attitude. I don't have to worry. Why? Because everything is taken care of. Christ takes care of everything. I can trust him to take care of everything. I've already cast my care upon him. I've already given it to him. Well, then, okay, now I have to think on the right things. I have to do the right things, and now I can accomplish the right things. That's the only way to keep peace. 
That is the only way to keep the inward peace that God has granted you for eternal peace. We got eternal peace and salvation and to live in this life, you know what we'll need? We'll need the peace with God, peace within us. Not just peace with God for all of eternity, but the peace of God in our lives day to day. Because otherwise we live in too crazy of a world and you'll go nuts. Hopefully, you'll leave here tonight with some peace. Even though I went seven minutes over. Have a good night. God bless.